Welcome to the Hacking Your Health podcast with Ben Kenning and Dave Kennedy. Two guys heading out to hack body, mind, business, and beyond. We are here to provide a single source, bullshit-free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better for longer. I'm Ben Canning. And I'm Dave Kennedy. And this is Hacking Your Health Podcast. And we have absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about today. How are you, man? Hey, I'm I'm doing good, actually. I'm much better. Uh, when we did that recording with uh, Helmy last week, I was a little bit under the weather. So I didn't talk as much as I normally would. Uh, you know, I tried to, like, you know, keep it interactive and everything. But I was feeling like total shit. So um, I'm just getting over this cold. It's been kicking my ass. Like, this is the first time I've actually been sick in, like, two years I've made it through not getting COVID ever. You know, my whole family got COVID. I escaped it because of all the supplements I was taking. You know, you take 50 supplements and COVID's like, fuck that. I'm not going to touch you. And then, um, you know, and then, and then you I were this... taking the multivitamins. That's right. The multivitamins, which uh, <laughs> had a ban a guy a second time for that. But, uh, but then, uh, uh, but then uh, um, my, my son comes home with like a tiny sniffle. He's like, ah, he's got a little scratchy throat. I'm fine. And then like, Three days later, I'm like wrecked, like totally wrecked. Like, I mean, sore throat, drainage, you know, all upper respiratory. But uh, yeah, I still got my workouts in. I did take a day off uh, because I listened to myself and my body and my whoop recovery. Thank you. Yeah. This is a big step I'm for me, everybody. Coach. And, and the, obviously, I had to coach you. I talked to you about it. I was like trying to talk myself into working on you. are trying to talk myself out of working out. So I listened. Uh, and I've been listening more lately. You have to admit, I've been listening a lot more yes. lately to, to you. Um so, uh, but, uh, it, it was, it was good to, uh, I was at orange here this morning and I would say I was probably about, about 90%, uh, back to capacity. So still a little bit of, you know, raspy throat type of thing, but no drainage anymore. Everything else is going good. So back to normal. How about you, man? How are you doing? How are, how are you today? Uh, do you know what? I'm doing really good. I'm like, I have to fit two fit one week's work into two days today and tomorrow because obviously i'm traveling so i've like been on calls back to back but it's a lot of energy and it's a lot of positivity going on um and yeah generally i'm doing good training's good i'm ready for travel i'm not ready for orange theory i guess it's this day next week i'll be doing orange theory so and i've already given all the trainers uh, uh, heads up like hey you need to destroy him like just that's not fair you know yeah, that is fair. It is fair. It is fair. <laughs> Listen, you're going to terrorize me in the gym. This is the I, only opportunity I, I, that I have to terrorize you. So Okay, okay. Yeah. Be, what do I have to do, like an hour? I think I'll make it. I'll be all right. It's an hour. Um, but yeah, no, aside from that, I'm doing good. Um, obviously, we had Helmy on the podcast last week. Anybody who's listened to it, I apologize for the sound quality on it. Um, I'll make sure that... I don't know. I, there's somebody that's really heavy breathing, and I'm pretty sure it's me. So I don't know how to. I'm pretty sure it's. Through. I'm pretty sure it's you. Actually, I was going to tell you about that uh, last week. I heard. I heard the breathing, and it's like it's 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 actually like when you get excited about a topic, you'd be like, <sighs> you know. <laughs> I need to just. I, I'll just stand here whenever I, whenever yeah. I get excited. So yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. So apologies for me. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I hear it again and, today. Okay, I'm weirdness. Okay. You need like a hand signal. I'll be like. Um, but no, apart from that, everything is really good. Um, I was actually on another podcast. I'm still mad at you for that, by the way. You know, you know, like you ever see where, like, you ever see, like, where, um, like, if you have a dog, and like, you know, a, you you go out to somebody else's house and they have a dog and you pet that dog and you come home and that dog's pissed at you because you're like hanging out with another dog without them. It's like, you know, I, I'm like, I'm like a little bit upset. That's right what's now. going on out there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was I, well full disclosure. I mean, number one, I was asked, but then at the end, I was like, you know, next time you should have me and Dave one together. So I think that was that's nice. Fair. That was nice of you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. that was nice. Yeah, so I did that. But apart from that, um, yeah, just getting ready for, for going away and doing check-ins and stuff today. It's actually funny. And you know what? I'm going to out myself on this one because I just did Chris's check-in. And I know he's going to say this to you. So in our one-year coaching anniversary, you obviously got a cardboard cutout of me. It's Chris's one-year anniversary of coaching this week. And he's getting an actual real-life version of me. So he's definitely going to try and get you, get you one of Get one up on you on that front, but I thought I would tell you rather than it coming secondhand it through him. Yeah, I'm a little bit upset with that. I was actually gonna my, my plan was uh, all along to fly out to Florida and meet you before Chris did. Um, you know, just just to, like brag and then fly back. But unfortunately, with my my, my, my crazy schedule and everything with kids, I uh, wasn't able to make it out there. So my my plan was thwarted. That's okay. That's okay. 
But excited, excited to come about coming to, to America. I mean, uh, I think yeah. we're having a good time. Yeah. 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 I am. Um, do you know what? It's like, I feel like I haven't traveled in such a long time. Um, well, cause I haven't, but not, you know, any sort of, of distance. And it's a lot different. There's a lot of boxes to tick and hoops to jump through and whatever else. So I'm excited, but I'll be more excited when I'm actually sat on the plane on the way. Cause I feel like I'm like, did I remember to do this? Have I got this form? <laughs> Have I filled this out? But yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait to see Ben's uh, uh, suitcase. It's going to be like, like ninety five percent supplements and protein, and then it's going to well, be actually, like. I was actually going to. I had to do a bit of research on this today. I don't know if I can travel with supplements. Can I bring? Like I was, I was thinking last night. I was like, can I bring? Like, can if I fill like my pill box of like the morning and PM stuff? Can I just bring them? Or are they going to think I'm like smuggling drugs when it's like cod liver oil tablets and magnesium? You know, I don't. I, you know, I, what I usually do is I keep them in the same container that they come in. You know, like like the, like okay, the animal yeah, packs, yeah. for example, that type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I've never had any issues yeah. traveling. Maybe actually, with... we'll just bring those animal packs because that makes more sense. I'll just do that. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. The sense. animal packs are like nice and easy to to go and use uh, if you need to. And then the only um, thing that I have in my suitcase so far is I have packed eighteen t-shirts and I haven't packed anything else. So I need to sort that <laughs> out because I'm, I'm literally going tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You got a got a little bit of packing to do there. That's for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, awesome. apparently I'm gonna have to put a pack a pair of running trainers that I'm gonna have to fucking be able to do orange theory in. What size? What size shoe do you wear? Smaller than you. They're they're ten and a half. U- okay. UK size. So I think that's eleven. So what's and ten and a half? Oh, okay, I'm, I'm a fifteen, so I can help you. <laughs> no, so I would need to wear all the socks that I own. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> so today you have the topic, right? Yes. You brought it, didn't you? Yeah. Well, so before we get into uh, the topic, I just want to say, you know, um, fuck that guy and the multivitamins, the multivitamin guy, you know, like, so funny story, you know, we we, we talked about the multivitamin guy a couple weeks ago, it just went nuts on the channel and just uh, started getting enraged about people taking multivitamins and that uh, we're poisoning people by taking multivitamins. Listen, again, do what you want to, you know, I have, you know, you know, if you, I I get micronutrient tested, I have micronutrient deficiencies, even when I eat whole foods. So I take multivitamins and generally it's good if you're, you know, expunging a lot of energy, you know, cleaning out your systems, that type of stuff to replenish it with good stuff. I I like my, uh, I like uh, multivitamins personally, but uh, funny story, ban that guy because he's just going crazy. And then, uh, you know, like he started this new account with a different name and then he started arguing about multivitamins again. And I'm like, man, this has got to be the same guy. So I started looking him up in the Discord server, and lo and behold, I was able to trace it back to same guy. I'm like, oh my gosh, really? Like, you're going to start another argument on multivitamins? I'm like, just let it go, dude. Let it go, you know? <laughs> but someone, someone in the, the Discord channel actually messaged me and was like, I guarantee you it's that guy again. I'm like, yeah, it's got to be that guy again. And then so I just started doing some research to figure it out. So anyways, that guy's no longer there again. And, uh, you know, the world so we is now safe. I know, we, now, <laughs> we now know where he lives and we ship them a lifetime supply of all the Yeah. Well, boy, oh, boy. He gets just uh, some some interesting folks. I mean, obviously, you know, people have their, their beliefs on their health. And, you know, if things have been successful for them. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, um, you know, I follow a lot of folks that are on the, the more of the keto diet, you know, that, that can do that long term and that's their, their thing. And that's perfectly fine if that works for you, you know, um, and I want to say it's, for him, it's not a the keto diet. It's just his way of living. He just eats a ton of fat and, um, on protein and that he finds that to work really well for him, you know, and he enjoys the, the food that he eats and everything else and seldom eats carbs. So you know, again, it's, it's just what, you know, works best for you. And, you know, whenever, never would knock somebody for that, but also at the same time, be open-minded um, on other people having success with other things, right? Uh, you know, the, the way that I do things, the way that Ben does things, the way that other people do things doesn't mean it's necessarily right. It's, it's what's, you know, good for us. So anyways, that's my disclaimer. And, uh, and so today's topic is, uh, we had done a, a original, uh, podcast around how to plan your training, right? Uh, and how to plan, how to do your resistance training, uh, exercises. Uh, but I had somebody, uh, reach out to me and say, Hey, listen to the podcast and I'm, still kind of unsure of how to actually structure um, my training program. Like what actual, you know, lifts do I do, reps, sets, um, and and how do I actually plan and coordinate things like a full body workout, for example, or what's the benefits of push-pull legs uh, or arms? You know, what are the different types of programs? You know, you hear five-by-fives, you hear you know, all these different things that are out there from a, pr- a training perspective. And so today's podcast is really getting into, you know, from a resistance training perspective, you know, one, how do you progress and get stronger, i.e. build more muscle? And two, how do you plan your uh, training programs, your resistance training, 
in a way that allows the maximum amount of potential for muscle growth and strength and everything else that goes along with that. And what do those type of programs look like as an example? Uh, so I think it's important to go through like, hey, how do we start a training program? And we'll start from the very basics and then get more to, per, you know, uh, more progression as you get more advanced. And, you know, what's the most important thing to recognize with all of this is that, you know, every training program is different based on the equipment that you have. Um, it's different off of where you're at from your level of training. Um, you know, it's different from, you know, your body type and what your your goals are and accomplishments. So, you know, when we talk about all this, you know, there are things that I have learned you know, over the past, you know, year and a half with Ben that I do differently now than I did, you know, a year and a half ago, you know, for example, I have uh, an issue with my left shoulder where I can tweak my left shoulder and then, you know, it's it aching and hurts and, you know, tears uh, if I do barbell bench presses. So I've, you know, worked around that with more of a, a Kabuki camber bar, neutral grip bar um, to get around that, that, that issue there. Same thing for my lower left back problematic area uh, from that side, which, you know, ultimately spurned sciatica and I am out for weeks, you know, with, with back issues. So, and I've switched to more of a belt squat versus, you know, a barbell, uh, back squat or a safety squat bar. So, you know, once you start to go through these routines, you know, you may need to change them if you're experiencing pain or you're not progressing in different areas. If you listen to the, I was at last week's podcast, the week before, you know, Ben talked about attacking your muscles in different ways or switching up. If you're not getting stronger in a certain movement to do a different movement to, you know, use different portions of your muscle to get that muscle stronger as you go along if you're not progressing faster. So these are all things that, that you know, you need to have from a foundational basics perspective, very similarly to your nutrition, very similar to your mindset, you know, things that you build upon over time to help you work out with your program. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I think, you know, if, if we are talking about building out a training program, what you need to, what do you need to look at first is what do you have available? So, what do you have available in terms of equipment? So are you training in the house with home gym equipment or whatever you have, or are you training in like a commercial gym or a CrossFit gym or a specific studio gym or whatever? So you need to look at the equipment first of all. Um, so what you have equipment, what you have available in terms of equipment, but also what you have available in terms of time, because there's no point building out this amazing training program that, you know, you have to lift six days a week and it's going to take you an hour and a half every day and all this shit. If you can't actually commit to doing it. So, what you have available equipment wise and what you have available time wise. Also, one of the biggest things that I ask whenever I'm on the initial call is what do you actually enjoy doing? So, you know, do you love the deadlift? Do you love, you know, more high intensity stuff? Do you love to work out on machines? Like what do you actually enjoy? Cause I think that that's something that is, is often overlooked in terms of training programs because people almost see it like a, a lot of people see training as almost like a punishment and it's not something they should enjoy, but I think that you will have greater success if it's something that you actually go into and something that you enjoy. Um, so there would be the three, the three sort of main start points for me. The other thing would be, I guess, is as you said, like where you're at in the journey or what your, what I would call your training age. So how long you've been training consistently for at some sort of level. So not like just going to the gym or whatever else, like actually being able to progress, like, you know, on a structured plan and whatever else, if you're quite new to training and um, you have a, I would say you have a lot more um, variety in terms of no matter what you do, really, it's going to be a new stimulus on your muscles. So the, what you have available is, you know, a broader spectrum of things. Then you need to maybe get more specific as you go down the road in terms of like later on in, in your training career. Um, so yeah, in terms of that, like you can recover quicker if you've got a lower um, overall muscle mass and whatever else. There's a lot more sort of, like I said, variety that you can you can do on that front. And I think age also plays a big important factor too, right? So if you're younger in nature, um, you know, and, and your goals are strength, there's things that you can do to push that strength much further versus somebody that might be older that's trying to build muscle mass. And there's a big difference between muscle mass and strength, um, different muscle fibers that handle different things. So with hypertrophy, um, you know, your goal is muscle growth. So if you want to look good with your shirt off, you know, have a good beach body, you may not be the strongest person in the world. You, know, you look at these bodybuilders, <clears throat> they're strong, but they're not the strongest, they're not as strong as powerlifters. You know, powerlifters that are just these massive beasts of, of, of mammoths, <clears throat> you know, but have, you know, usually a, a big gut. They, they are 10 times stronger, if not more, than, than bodybuilders that have much more muscle mass than they are just because of how our bodies work. So, you know, understanding strength and size is very different as well. The more muscle mass you have, the more calories you will burn, the more you can eat, the more you can, you know, do things, but the less strength you're going to have. Now, as we get older, 
strength to me is becoming less and less important, right? Um, I'm not, I still want to be strong, but I don't want to be trying to do one rep maxes where I'm passing out on the floor like I did last week, uh, which I, I didn't bring up, by the way, which I've I got to bring up really quick. So really quick, um, I was sick last week. This is a good story. Good, quick sidebar real quick. Sorry to derail this for a second, but uh, I was sick last week and, you know, I was feeling it on the deadlift side. And I, uh, I hit 455 for eight reps, which I had never done before. My, my closest was 455 for six. And I'm like, huh, that's cool. I'm like, I wonder, you know, and I'd already done uh, 305 for 12. I had done 405 for 12, and then I did 455 for eight. So that was like my 405 was my warm-up, uh, and my two, 305 was my warm-up. And then my um, 455 by eight was my thing. So I'm like, huh. I'm like, I wonder what, you know, I'm feeling really solid right now. Let's just try to see if I can get to 425. I'm sorry, 525. So I load up 525 on the, the trap bar for deadlifts, for traditional deadlifts. And I, I pulled it like no problem, like boom up, no issue. Form was perfect. I'm like, damn, I just did a new PR at 525. My previous PR was 505. And that was like, when I did my 505, I mean, I was struggling to get up there. I mean, I barely got up there. And 525 moved up like cake. So I'm like, well, shit, I'm like, I'm going to try 545. And, I, and mind you, I'm sick. You know, like I'm sick as a dog. Like I, I got literally, I set up a, 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 a picture. I have my intro workout drink. And then I have like 70 used Kleenexes that I've been blowing my nose with just trying to, you know, stay, stay conscious as I'm working out and sweating. And, uh, you know, I pulled 545 and it, it didn't, it, uh, my back definitely arched. I wasn't happy with the technique or form. It's definitely a, a, a heavy weight for me. So you know, I think, you know, trying to do that again, I probably wouldn't do, um, you know, until I get, get a little bit stronger. But then I hit 545 and I got up and then I set it down. And then all of a sudden I just saw black, like my, my whole, my whole vision just blacked out and I, and I, and I fell to the ground and I, I had to like compose myself because I'd lost my vision and I got all dizzy. So, you know, um, probably not the best to do when you're sick. Uh, and, uh, and so that's the first time that's ever happened to me before, but hit a new PR uh, last week on strength. But when I, why, why I bring that up now is the last time I've ever tried to do a one rep max was probably, I don't know, three months ago, four months ago, because I'm not in it for one rep maxes or, or maximum amount of strength. I'm in it for growing my muscles and getting stronger, you know, gradually stronger as I go along with it. So when you think about rep ranges and you start planning your program, <clears throat> you know, generally I like to think of strength as the, the three, three rep to eight rep mark. So when we say that, you know, like how much can you lift maximum to the three to eight rep mark or, you know, five to 10, you know, it's, it's, it's not an exact science. So if you're lifting eight or nine, it's not like you're not going to get strength from that, but lower uh, rep ranges with higher weights traditionally hit your strength more than your hypertrophy of muscles. Now there's some studies that show there's similar benefits. So you can still grow muscle very similarly to higher rep ranges, but the higher rep ranges typically <clears throat> have a much better, uh, uh, growth statistic on, on, on muscle hypertrophy. So, you know, if you're in the, the three to eight range and you're maxing, let's just say you're at seven, you're just struggling to get up and just like locking in. It's really tough. It's your max set. You're going to be focusing primarily on strength at that period of time. Now, when we plan our, our workouts, usually your heavy compound movements are the first ones to go. And those are going to be the ones that focus predominantly on strength. So you're going to be doing more um, higher volume, higher weight uh, type of, of sets. So I usually try to do a warm up series of like, you know, two, two by 12 sets, you know, two, two sets of 12. And then I do two sets of really heavy between a five to 10 rep range. Uh, and then I do, um, uh, one to two sets, depending on volume of the 15 rep range or the higher rep ranges for, uh, more of the muscle hypertrophy aspects. And those are like, so I'll have him say, um, I'm going to say compound movements, you know, bench press, uh, you know, squats, uh, deadlifts, those types of things, um, rack pulls, uh, you know, shoulder presses, those types of things that you're hitting big muscle groups um, for those. And, and shoulder press is not necessarily a big compound movement, but one that I'll do the same type of rep range for. Um, so when I do those, um, you know, the rest of my workouts then after that are attacking the muscle to fatigue it to near muscle exhaustion or fatigue to where, you know, it's it's completely done, what we call a one RPE. Um, and so when you look at at, at, at RPE, um, it's, it's basically uh, a way of, of perceived, it's, it's rating of perceived exertion, uh, which is where you think you're at and how many reps you have left in the tank. So if you're um, trying to get to a 15 rep range and you're just going up for a bicep curl and you're just struggling to get it up and you're just up here and you can't get in, you just, your muscles are dead. 
you know, you're at a zero RPE, which means, you know, you don't have any more in the tank. But if I come up and I can barely come up and I can finally get it up, but if I did another one, I'd be at that fatigue point. You'd be at a one RP or I have one left in the, in the tank to be able to, to get that up. It's the, the, you know, how many sets or reps you think you, I'm sorry, how many reps you think you have left. So, you know, in those areas, you know, when you're trying to hit muscle groups, you're trying to get them to um, exhaustion. And that's going to really focus on muscle growth and muscle build as you're going through those. So you do your big heavy compound movements first, and then you usually set it up, you know, with diff hitting different uh, those same muscle groups in different ways at higher rep ranges, you know, usually the, the 12 rep range or 15 rep range, or even for me, you know, I'll do BFRs or blood flow restrictions and I'll do 30 rep ranges, 15, 15, 15. So 30, 15, 15, 15, um, just to completely fatigue my triceps and biceps out. So when you're planning this rep range makes a big difference in what you're actually going and doing. Yeah. And I think actually talking about a, a study in terms of volume. So the studies will say that if you do the same volume, whether you do it low reps and high weight, or whether you do it lower weight and higher reps, if you're doing the same volume, you will have the same, pretty much the same muscle growth overall. But if you do it with the lower reps and higher weight, generally you will be stronger. So, which makes sense because obviously you have to get used to actually moving or lifting the weight. And um, when it comes to, to compound movements, I, th I guess the best way to describe those is like multi-joint movements. So you're moving more than just one joint. So obviously with a bench press, you know, it's your elbows and it's your shoulders. With the squat, it's obviously your hips and it's your knees and stuff like that. So more than one joint would probably describe a, a big compound movement. And again, to touch on a, a point that, that Hamley mentioned last week, that having known the difference between local or systemic systemic fatigue, is a good one because with systemic fatigue, it's overall in your body. And it's probably what I've described before as, you know, thinking about your central nervous system. So rack pulls, big, heavy compound RDLs, or, you know, whatever it is that, that literally like fries your entire body that you feel completely drained after versus being able to do like more accessory work or, um, isolation movements that it's just one muscle group that you're trying to take that, that the absolute failure. And I think knowing the difference between taking a big compound movement, as you said, to that sort of one RPE place or knowing that you can maybe go to as close to failure as possible without absolutely fucking wrecking yourself. And the difference between that and doing a, an isolation movement or, you know, feeling the pump, if you're talking about a bicep curl, like you can get a lot more from it in terms of the amount of reps and whatever else, because it's not the same overall fatigue in your body. Um, and I think that, that that's a, an important sort of difference to note. And again, to sort of touch on something that Hamley mentioned last week, you know, knowing where you're at in the journey and knowing sort of what way you should program for that and looking at, at lifting weights as a skill that you need to build on over time that, yeah, you know, going in and doing people who are maybe beginners, you know, who are just starting out, they can go in and they can do four sets of eight to 12. Whereas if I were to go and do four sets of eight to 12 and try and push it to the, the intensity that I do now, like, I wouldn't be able to do it. Like I'd maybe get two sets in the eight to 12 rep range. And if I'm trying to pull or push that same weight after that, my body just, it wouldn't have it because of that, that sort of systemic fatigue. So sort of knowing where you're at and how you progress through those different rep ranges through your training journey, I think it's important too. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that too, because like if I'm doing a deadlift, for example, you know, my, my goal is to get, you know, two, two really heavy sets in, right. Um, as part of that. And so like super heavy to where I'm, I'm, you know, exhausted, but there are times where, you know, I, I've progressed well where I'm like, I hit my second set. I'm like, well, shit, I'm going to go do another one. I'll do another heavy set, you know, and then I'll go do another heavy set and then I'll fatigue, you know, uh, it out with more of like a 15 endurance type of, of, of set on it. So you're know, having a good understanding of that and then whacking your, your muscles in different ways, hitting them in different ways, you know, focusing on those muscles are really important. So like, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing a, a squat day, for example, you know, doing, doing, you know, heavy, heavy, heavy squats and burning those muscles out. And then I'll typically do, um, you know, leg presses afterwards to, to focus very heavily on quad isolation to where they're completely fatigued to where I can barely walk afterwards. Right. And then I'll even, you know, do it afterwards where I'll grab the TRX and I'll just do jump squats, you know, like I more just got to this right now. I will not be doing jump squats whenever I'm in your gym. I will not be. No way. No way. No way. They suck. Well, I'm doing jump squats. My buddy, my that... buddy. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say my, my buddy that came over uh, a couple weeks ago uh, or last week or whatever for the uh, for the leg day. Uh, you know, he, I was telling the story before, but like he literally could only get like two jump squats in after I destroyed him on the leg side. He's like, nope, I'm good. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll not I'll not be doing them at all. Um, I think you know what, what you were saying there about attacking the muscle in di in different ways. So 
the way that I would look at it is the big compound movements are for overall strength, whatever it is that you want to get stronger in. Yes, okay, you should be in tune with what muscle group that that, that movement is using. So for example, you know, if we're talking about an RDL, you should know that you should feel that in your hamstrings and your glutes, or if it's a bench press, you should know that you are feeling that in your chest. But with all those multi-joint movements, you need to recognize that it's usually, it's always more than, than one muscle group doing the work. So there's always, you know, a secondary muscle. So, okay, bench press, you think chest, but triceps is the secondary muscle. So there's always the, you need to look at, okay, I'm not progressing in my bench press. Do I need to work more on my triceps to be able to get more from that movement or whatever it is? Once you've done the, the big compound movements and got those out of the way and you're focused on isolation work and you're talking about looking, like training, training the muscle through different ranges. What I mean by that is thinking about like mid to lengthened range or mid to shortened range. The best way I can describe that is if you put your arm out straight, obviously your bicep is fully lengthened because it works in opposition to your tricep, your tricep is fully contracted. So they're going to be opposites. If you contract your bicep fully, that's it in its shortened range, but that's your tricep in its fully lengthened range. So knowing that you can move the muscles through different um, ranges and not just have to do them all together. So the way that I would look at that again, if we talk about an RDL, if I were programming RDLs and anybody who is a client of mine and probably Davey as well, that you know that I would program hamstring curls first, which will get blood flowing into the muscle. So you have a good connection with the muscle and that will work it through the shorten range then when you go to do the rdl whenever you're at the bottom of the movement that's your hamstring in the fully lengthened range so that's making sure that you work the muscles through every single range that they have available i yep, did a lot and, of uh, gestures there so if anybody saw that on youtube apologies like sign language one of the books i would heavily recommend that ben had recommended to me um and i do not recommend this on an audiobook i really there's too many too much visuals on this um you really need to buy the actual physical book sorry um, but it's Nick Mitchell and Jonathan Taylor's principle of muscle building program design. And, uh, for those that are on, on YouTube can see it here. Um, one the of the best in the show notes, it's actually really yeah. good because it gives you, it gives you the setup of each movement. It gives you what you should be feeling. It talks you through the sort of internal cues and it also gives the coaching cues. So if I'm, or when next week when I'm standing beside you, I'll be giving you the coaching cues cause I'll be stood there beside you giving them. So it gives you. It's obviously designed for coaches. So I'm nervous. I'm, ner I'm nervous. <laughs> you should be, you should be. Um, but yeah, it's obviously designed for coaches. So it gives you the sort of things that number one, you should be looking out for, but number two, that you should be feeling. And again, you could probably back me up on this, you know, any sort of exercise execution videos that you send across, I'll always tell you what it should feel like in terms of like where you should be feeling it. Also what it should look like in terms of what way your body should be moving, what way your your joints should be moving, but also I give you what you should be thinking about as an internal cue. And I often find that those internal cues are the keys to unlocking how the actual movement should should be. Do you know what I mean? If I, I'll just, the internal cue, say for example, of something that you're doing that you're trying to create stability from a, around your core. So you talked about overhead press. If you think about the setup of that, the internal cue I would give for that, for the setup is, screw your heels into the ground. So it's going to give you stability, like connection to the ground automatically. If you're stood here, as I am now, anybody apologies again, watching on YouTube. So if I screw my heels into the ground, my automatic reaction is that my glutes tense together. So they're stable from the waist down. Then I think about bracing my core. And the way that I would describe that is imagine someone was going to punch you in the stomach, what you would do. And the answer is not headbutt them or run away. It's like tense up your stomach in terms of bring the bottom of your ribs to the top of your hips and hold that tight. So that's all the internal cues of what you should be feeling. And they don't come, you know, that's the bits that you can't see in someone else doing the movement. Yeah. And, and one thing to, to note is if you don't have a personal trainer, you don't have somebody there with you or a remote or whatever, Just um, DM me. <laughs> well, I, I, we have a, we have a workout form, uh, on the discord channel. So, you know, you can always post, uh, you know, pictures or video, video are the best, obviously, um, of those. And we, you know, we'd be happy to give critique if you want it. You know, we're not going to say, Hey, you're doing this wrong or whatever, unless you ask for it. I hate, hate that. Like I hate posting a video and like, Oh, you should have did this or look at this spot on the wall or done this and, you know, and Oh my gosh, you're doing a traditional versus a sumo and whatever. I don't, I don't care about any of that shit. So, um, but one thing to also note is before you do an exercise, especially if it's new to you research it. So um, one of the things I incorporated last week that I hadn't done before, actually, I didn't tell you this, Ben, sorry about that, um, is uh, a good morning, uh, which which were in the previous programs for the nipper one, but I never did them because I was terrified of 
of that from a back perspective, but I started doing some more research on it. And, and, uh, you know, the, the benefits of the spinal rector, as well as, um, obviously hitting your glutes and hammies, um, are very beneficial. So I, you know, I started off literally doing my good mornings last week with just a barbell and I watched video upon video upon video just to make sure I was doing it right. And I'll, I'll send you a video uh, of it uh, when I do it next week, um, Ben. Well, you'll be here next week, so it's not going to matter. Um, but, uh, you know, I did, a, I did, a, you know, I did my, 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 my good mornings, which is uh, basically load the bar on the, the small of your back, and then you just, you know, basically bend forward uh, and, and really hitting your glutes and hammies, but it also hits your spinal erectors. And you know, I started off with that. I did that three times just to make sure I was good with the movement. And then I added, you know, 15 pounds just to feel like I was comfortable with that, and then I felt like I could go a little bit heavier. So, you know, start off small. Make sure you got your form and technique down right. You know, could I have loaded, you know, 150, 200 pounds on that? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't comfortable with the movement from a mind-muscle-body connection. Um, so research the movements that you're doing to make sure you're doing it appropriately. And if you, you're feeling things like the small of your back is hurting, you got pain there, or your, you know, your shoulder is hurting and you have, you have a sore shoulder for the next week, you know, you're probably doing something wrong there um, that can easily be corrected uh, just by with some, some form and technique. So... I think that's can I, just before yeah, yeah. you continue. Can I say yeah. why I don't like good mornings and why I don't program them? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So the, if you, if you remember a lot of the things that I talk about are trying to make the moment arm as short as possible. So what I mean by that example is if you're doing a dumbbell lateral raise and you have the dumbbell in your hand, the distance between your shoulder and the dumbbell is the moment arm. So the further it is, the more difficult it is, but the harder it is to get the connection through the muscle. So I've said to you before about doing them on a cable and having the, mm -hmm. the cuff around your elbow for a shorter, yeah. for a shorter moment. There. Shorter, so if yeah. you imagine the movement that you're doing in a good morning is pretty much identical to what you're doing in an RDL, but the bar is just in a different place. So if you imagine <laughs> you come down, in the good morning, because the bar sat at the top of your back, if you're down yeah. in the moment arm, then goes from where your hips are to where the bar is versus if you hold the bar for an RDL, it's a lot closer to your body. So it's a lot more, you can create a lot more stability, I feel, in an RDL. So yeah. I'm not totally against the movement, but programming that for a beginner, not saying that you're a yeah. beginner and I'm happy for you to do it, but this is why I don't program it from the start because it's difficult to create that stability through your core and mm -hmm. not feel that through your lower back and still get the movement that you're feeling through your hamstrings and your glutes all while having a bar on your back. So yep. that's why I don't program it. I'm not no, against it. makes it, perfect sense. Yeah. But it's a sim, you know, I would program an RDL over a good morning. So, so the only reason why, uh, I'll just be fully transparent, the only reason I'm doing good mornings versus RDLs is I hate RDLs. So <laughs> why do you hate them? It's my favorite. I, I feel like I know, I know. a bit emotional about that. Like, you know, that? listen, I, I don't mind rack pulls, but I feel like that extra, like, you know, four inches that you have to go Do down for an RDL. Because you know that I can lift more weight. In it than you <laughs> Tell me. Listen. Come on. I'll, no, I'll be, I'll, up, I'll, honestly I'll, in here. Tell no, no, this. no. My, the, the truth of the matter is this. Okay, so uh, days that I'd be doing RDLs are the same days that I would be doing, um, you know, deadlifts, right? Because you want to hit your glutes and hammies. You know, obviously, that's not necessarily true. Um, but typically, I'm going to start with a deadlift, and then I'm going to move into RDLs, you know, as, as, a, as a secondary. And with me, um, I like doing like my big, heavy, heavy, heavy ones at the beginning. And so like, for example, if I start off with like rack pulls, rack pulls are my heavy, heavy, heavy back exercise. And then I'll do things like a T-bar row, you know, I'll do rows, you know, uh, um, pull downs, things like that. But I don't like doing two back-to-back -back super heavy, like insane yeah. sets, especially on my back. It's too and, much and, pressure and, and your lower back. Too much pressure, right? And, that, and, I, and I've, yeah. I've gotten injured because of that. So. You know, that's that's the reason why I went to good mornings is because I feel like I can go a little bit lighter, do more reps of it. But I guess I could do the same thing with RDLs, too. I just don't have to go super heavy with it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then that's just an ego thing. because You're like, I know I can lift more weight in this, but I just don't want to. So I'm just going to change. I'm just going to change the, the, the movement. But no, you're absolutely right. Like, the, you know, and we've touched on this before and this whenever you originally wrote the that program, I like. That was one thing that I noted straight away yeah. in it, that there was a lot of lower back loading stuff yes. and being able to separate that is, is vital. Because that was I find awesome, that, by the way. I'm glad you did that. Yeah. yeah, I find that you're exactly right. If I have heavy RDLs or rack pulls or whatever it is, at the start of my plan, anything that I go to do after that in my lower back is just, yeah, it's, it's not, done. 
it's not sore in terms of like I haven't injured it, but it's the yeah. same as if you imagine doing too, not too many, but if you imagine taking your biceps to failure, you have the pump, so you can still get the pump in your lower back, but because it's on your lower back and the muscle is slightly different than, than others, you do feel like it is that pain. And yeah. because of the nature of where it is and because of, of your hips and that hip hinge movement, it, it limits to what you can do after that. You feel totally fried. And a bit of a side note yeah. that I meant to put the touch on earlier on and, and you're talking about, you know, one RM. I, I spoke about this in the call last week when Daniel asked like, how, you know, how do you know when to go for it and whatever else, if it's on the table, take it. So like, was it Saturday? Saturday I sent you the video of me doing the rack pulls. Like I wasn't intending on doing a, a one RM, but I was like, do you know what? These feel good. I want to sort of test out and see how far I can push it. And I know we've joked about it before as, yeah. Well, if I can do 10 reps at this weight, then technically via this calculator, my one RM should be this, but there's a big difference big between difference. what it technically says and actually fucking lifting the weight. So I just wanted to sort of, to sort of test that out. But again, after that, there was no, not, no other lower back movements that I could do. So, you know, even if I was doing a pull down, I had to do it slightly differently so that there was less pressure in my lower back and whatever else. So it's just being mindful of that and not programming those big compound movements back to back. You need to. Yeah. have that one main movement that potentially is lower back loading, whether it's a deadlift or an RDL or a squat or whatever it is, that that's that movement. And then you sort of back off on them. Yeah. It, the, 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 the feeling that Ben is explaining on the, the lower back, it's like, a, it's almost like a, a tightness fatigue feeling is the best way of putting it. It's not a, a pain. Um, it's more of like your, your back is just tired and it's tight and, you know, it just feels like it's, you know, you can hurt it is, is the best way of explaining it, but it's not, you know, it's fine. It's just tired. So, you know, if I'm feeling that, especially if I'm, um, there are days where, you know, I'll, I'll have the tightness in my back the next day, you know, and I'll be running and I'll feel that tightness again on my back. Again, it's not yeah. hurting, but it's just sore. And You're it's just, you know, what's it, what's that? You're conscious, I'm conscious of, it. of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, yeah, I gotta yeah, be yeah. careful. You know, you don't want to keep loading more and more weight onto your back, you know, especially if it's not fully recovered yet. So that's yeah, the, I think the biggest I, thing I sort of, I, I guess sort of a, a broad generalization, you know, 90% of the people have some sort of weakness in their posterior chain, upper back, lower back, glutes, hamstrings. You know, if you sit down a lot, it doesn't help that situation. People yeah. don't really focus on warming their hamstrings up or warming their glutes up that it can create the stability that you need to do those big compound movements. But then again, a lot of people go straight into doing those big compound movements that are lower back loading and do challenge your lower back. And that's when people start to run into injury. So if you're doing any form of deadlift, if you're doing like RDL, conventional deadlift, sumo deadlift, trap bar deadlift, any of those, if you're doing even hip thrusts or squats yeah. or anything like that, that you're hinging your hips, but you don't have a strong enough posterior chain as in the whole chain that goes right down to do it, then that's whenever you're going to run into injuries. And they're the, you know, if people go to the gym, like, oh, well, how much do you deadlift and whatever else? Like they're the go-to movements, but people don't sort of reverse engineer it to shit. Okay. Right. And I'm pretty sure I said this again to you right at the very start, like we need to work on strengthening your lower back and anybody that comes to me at the start, yeah. any sort of issue. And like, we need to work on strengthening that because it might not be your lower back this week. It could be that your glutes are weak or it could be that your hamstrings yep. are weak or there's definitely something within that chain that we need to work on. So before we go trying to do a 505 fucking deadlift, we need to work on how we can strengthen Five, or, or, the, or 545, the, you know, just throw that or, Well, before we, <laughs> before we do a 545, <laughs> we have to do a 505. Um, but yeah, it's about strengthening everything down through and understanding, you know, how your body works and how things are connected and that it's not just, oh, a deadlift is just a movement where you lift the bar up. Like what's going on physiologically in your body? Well, I think I think you bring up a, an amazing point here, uh, and I want to move on to gym Thanks. equipment and Thanks then for your programming. Yeah, <laughs> hey, uh, which is this is this is a full body thing that you need to do, right? I mean, you need to work every muscle group uh, as part of this, and they all work cohesively together. So, you know, it's funny. I, I saw a picture or a meme. Uh, and it was like these these five guys that are on a beach just fully shredded and they had the tiniest chicken legs I've ever seen in my entire life. And it was like not a single leg day had ever been had or something like that. You know, um, you, you don't want to skip leg days. Right. You know, it's, it's part of your overall body and strength. And honestly, your legs are one of your largest. They are the largest muscle group that you have in your body, the strongest. And, um, you know, you want to be able to and if you're if your goal is you know, calorie burn, growing muscles, the legs are a huge part of that. Um, you know, and, and if you're trying to shed fat, again, legs are a huge part of that. So when you're incorporating, you know, these, these types of exercises, you want to strengthen every part of your body that you possibly can. 
know, the biggest area that I have, my, my two areas that piss me off the most, um, just, just based on length of my calves, because I'm so tall, filling out the calves and that muscle takes forever. Like I, I hit my calves literally five damn times a week and I still don't look like I have massive calves, right? Um, I'm like, how do I, how do I grow calves? You know, like that's my biggest thing. But uh, that in my chest, my chest is also proportionately very large as far as where I'm at. And I, I feel like developing that has been a long process as well. But, you know, you want to find these different areas that is hitting all of your different parts of your body so that you have full body strength as you start to go along with it. So that gets me to my next one. And we, you know, I want to get into one, uh, what type of equipment do you need to start off? And then two, what does a training program look like as far as actual movements, just as an example with base amount of equipment. Now, obviously there's a difference between going to a gym that has a lot of options from, you know, Smith machines to dumbbells to whatever you need um, to having your own personal gym. And I would say, hey, I'll let Ben go first on what, what are your top three things that you would recommend or top five things that you'd recommend if you're just starting off to get in your gym as far as, is, is uh, you know, as far as the gym equipment. So you mean if you are going to resistance at home? Yes. Yeah. I think this, this is, is very budget dependent and something that obviously we need to be very conscious of. And I think the, the thing that I recommended the most at the start of the original lockdown, whenever everybody was freaking out and everybody had to stay at home was the, the set of adjustable resistance bands. So you've seen them before. They're like tubes and they're like, you know, red, blue, green, black, and yellow. Um, and they all have obviously different resistance band or resistance per, per band. And the reason that I recommended those was it was accessible. You could have it in the house. You could attach it to the door. They are versatile in terms of what you could do. You could hit each muscle group. You can fucking stick them in the bag if you're going traveling. So you can do a lot with them. And as I said, you know, they're like $16 or something like they're not expensive at all. So having those to be able to do so much from them, I think that they are even if somebody came to me and they already had some sort of stuff in the house, I would always recommend that because of the variety of things that, that we can do from them. And um, the next thing that I would recommend is if beyond that, and you have the budget for it, is something that's heavy. So, you know, whether it's a set of adjustable dumbbells or just regular dumbbells or something like that, something that you can really push weight on. And the thing about that as well is if you have the bands and that, then you can add more resistance to it and you can sort of use both of them together. Um, how many do you need? Three? I said three to five, so whatever you want. Ooh, okay, right. So resistance bands, dumbbells. Um, after that, then I would look at, at a barbell. So I was fortunate enough that just before lockdown hit, I actually bought a barbell and plates. So whenever the original lockdown hit, what I had to train with was a set of resistance bands, a barbell, and that's 150 kilos, so like 300-odd pounds worth of plates. And that's all that I had the entire time. Um, so a barbell, if you have the space for it and the budget for it, I would definitely recommend that and then some sort of plates because you can do so much then with if you've got resistance bands, dumbbells and, and the the barbell with weights. Then you're moving into should you have a rack, should you have a bench, all those sorts of things. But it depends on, on what you your budget is, I guess. But that, that yeah. will tick a lot of the boxes. Budget's obviously a very important aspect of this. One of the things that is, is a little bit on the pricey side, um, you know, it's it's a reoccurring membership fee. And it's, uh, um, you know, the initial upfront cost, I think, is, let me see, it looks like it's around $3,000. So $29.95 is, is what's called a tonal. And, and I really like that from a full body workout perspective because it comes with a bench and it's versatile and everything you do. And it's all resistance training and up to 100 pounds per each one. If you're just looking for, like, a small amount of space in your wall, can do everything you need it to do as far as full body workouts and has a trainer there that shows you how to do a technique and actually monitors like your form and everything. Uh, Total is a great option for that. Um, I've had it for years. I still use it every single workout that I have, even though I've exceeded um, its weight pro pro uh, progression on certain movements. Like, uh, you know, uh, but even on like bench press, for example, though, I'm still not hitting 100 pounds per arm on that because it's resistance, uh, you know, stabilizers. So it's, you know, you're hitting different muscles versus, you know, if I'm doing barbell or bench, I can do. Uh, or dumbbells, um, I could hit a much higher amount of weight. So there is a big difference there. But you know, for lower body, especially for like legs, I'm obviously, you know, doing much more than 100 pounds per on, on deadlifts. Uh, but it's great for the fatigue side of the house. But, you know, a tonal can be everything you need in just one specific gym, smart technology tracks your progress, tracks your volume, everything we've talked about in this podcast. So it makes everything simple for you. It's one of the ones that I would heavily recommend. I think it has a you know, I think it's like 20 bucks or 30 bucks a month after that. So it's, you know, the, the initial fee. So again, I'm, you know, if you, if you, if you can afford it from a budget perspective, that's a good, good option. Um, what Ben had mentioned though, you know, from more of the, the budget side of the house, 
having just a bench, you know, a, a, a simple bench, doesn't need to be any fancy, and some dumbbells. Um, what I'd recommend if you're, you know, looking at doing this long term is look at loadable dumbbells. These are dumbbells that, um, you know, are basically blank. And then you can buy plates to put onto them at various different weights. So all you have to do is buy the plates that you can still use for your barbell bench if you have that um, or other areas. And you just load the dumbbells onto those and then clamp them off with, you know, like a, a, one of those rings, uh, those collars. Uh, and then you can load those up as much as you want. So I think each dumbbell can go up to like 255 pounds or something like that. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm not there. Not nowhere near that. No, uh, I have seen yeah, I don't order that. Uh, Helmy's probably there, but uh, not me. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, uh, Helmy's a big boy. But uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, you know those those are very affordable. Um, you know, I think they're uh, you can get some some decent ones for like fifty bucks each, uh, and then you can obviously buy the weights, which you know can cost more. But you know, weights can you can get those fairly cheap um, from that side. And, and dumbbells with a barbell uh, can you can do almost everything you possibly can. I mean, you can do goblet squats, you can do squats, you can do. I mean, when I met Orange Theory. It's a combination typically of TRX bench and, uh, you know, like a bench that you can go onto and, and dumbbells and you can do full body workouts with that. I mean, you can do deadlifts with dumbbells. You can do, you know, shoulder presses, bicep curls, tricep extensions, you know, you name it, you can do full body workouts just with those two pieces of equipment. Um, you know, if you're getting more fancier than that and you have a little bit more budget, um, a rack is also uh, a great thing to have because you can do a lot more bigger compound movements like squats and uh, bench. Uh, I'd obviously recommend getting a too deep one. Um, what I mean by that is it's not just one rack that comes over. Uh, it usually has safety straps in those. Uh, I've needed those many times, even as of early as last week, um, you know, where you're just pushing yourself so hard. You're like, ah, I can get this last one. You're like, yeah, nope. You know, and then it comes down and you, know, you don't, you don't want to die. So, um, so, you know, uh, safety straps are an important part of that. And obviously safety is a big part of that as well. Um, so those are kind of the, the, the main ones that I would hit on from a, initial purchase perspective of what I what I would like um, the if you're just starting off base and you want to do more of the resistance stuff that Ben had talked about there's what's called the x3 bar um, I use that for when I'm traveling so um, it comes with the platform and the bands go over the platform and then you have a bar that's with it and you can do you know bicep curls you can do uh, tricep or uh, uh, shoulder extensions uh, shoulder presses uh, you can do deadlifts with it and it's all um, packable in a you know small container that you can you know bring with you on your, on your trips and travel and things like that too but it can also do full body workouts with it um just like that so if you have a small space you know uh you know you won't i think i think the xp bar is like 300 bucks um again that's a lot of money obviously but you know from from an equipment perspective you know it can do pretty much everything you need to uh from that specific side so those are some of the key pieces there from i think from an equipment perspective i'd say are foundational yeah i think one thing that i realized over the past two years is you need a lot less than you think you need, no matter what your goal is, you know, obviously if we're taking it to the extremes and you know, you're a fucking bodybuilder and you need the right. massive amount of weights, then yes, of course. But you know, from a fat loss perspective, or even from a slight muscle gain perspective, like you need a lot less than, than you think. And, you know, before everything, when the shit hit the fan, like obviously I was like, you need a full gym and blah, 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 blah. But genuinely, like I, I genuinely had a barbell, very fortunate to have it and some plates and those resistance bands. And I mean, I got in pretty decent shape across the summer. I was training like the back. It was sunny, like, I mean, sunny for over here, but it was, you know, it was good in terms of being able to have that. But then again, people were coming to me and clients that I had at the time, they were training at home and they were coming to me like with a very limited, with the most random fucking things that I don't know why anybody ever has. But yeah. obviously at that time you couldn't get equipment because the whole world was trying to get it because everybody was fucking training at home. So, um, you had to get, or I had to get quite creative in terms of what we were doing, but you can do a lot more with a lot less equipment than, than you think, especially if your goal is fat loss, because, you know, it's just about doing the movements, doing more reps and having a, having a higher output overall. Yep. So we got, we got about 10 minutes left. Uh, want to get into what does an actual lifting session look like for full body and what's that, what's a push pull leg split, um, look like. So. Um, I think that's important to go through, like, what do the actual movements look like? And we'll just start with a basic one, just based on the equipment we talked about. Let's just say you have, um, you have a rack and you have, uh, a, a, a dumbbells and a bench. That's, that's all we're talking about here from a, from a simplicity perspective. Um, so what would, what would a full body workout look like to you, Ben? So the way that I break it, one thing I also bring out too, is before we start on that is how many times would you recommend doing it a week? Is, you know, if, if muscle hypertrophy is your goal of growing larger and bigger, burning fat, you know, et cetera, not necessarily strength. How many times would you do it a week? Um, I generally, and I, do you know what? I would nine times out of 10 start people with full body workouts and do it three times a week because 
Yep. It's manageable time wise. It's not a mass it's not a massive commitment. And then it gives us somewhere to sort of grow into the program. So if we're starting with three days a week and you see progress and then people come clients come back and they're excited and they're like, Can I do another day? Like what would happen if I do another day? It gives me room to sort of go with that versus I go to you, okay, right, we're gonna start with six days a week. Then after that it's a shit show because we don't have any more time. Um so three days a week definitely for full body. The way that I break a full body workout down is push exercise, pull exercise, squat movement, hip hinge, and a carry. So what I mean by that, whenever we talk about push, it's something that you're pushing. So whether it's bench press, overhead press, you know, leg extension, things that you're pushing, pull movement, you know, any sort of row, any sort of deadlift, something that you're pulling, bicep curls, squat, obviously, as it says, you know, it could be barbell squat, goblet squat, dual dumbbell squat, whatever, not TRX jump squats, because you know, we're not <laughs> doing those. Um, I will, do both, is... I will do Bulgarian split squats, so we'll be good in each way. Each way. <laughs> I will. I definitely You will. do those. I know you do those. Um, I hate those. <laughs> you hit those in RDA. I was like, what the fuck? What is this relationship <laughs> we have going on here? Anyway, hip hinge movement is something where you hip your where you hinge at the hip, so RDL, something like that. And then a weighted carry is something like farmer's walks or something where you hold something heavy that's based around your core or whatever else. Um, if we're talking about how to actually put it together, as we said, generally, I would, how I would do it is if I'm looking at three days, I would basically pick one or two big compound movements per session and put those in and then sort of put the opposite accessory work in, if that makes sense. So if we're doing, say, for example, a deadlift is the pull movement or the compound movement, and then you're doing bench press or whatever. Um, so deadlift would be the pull movement, bench press would be the push movement. Then what I would try and do is have the opposite accessory work. So if you've used your sort of hamstrings and glutes for the pull movement and your chest for the push movement, then accessory work, you would maybe do biceps or, you know, shoulder side raises or, or something like that. So that you can get the fatigue in the big compound movements, but then you're not totally fried whenever you get into the accessory work and then sort of opposite it in the, in the next workout. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. And, so and, and I would do three times a week and sort of try and hit those and then obviously monitor and progress. As we said before, the simplest way to look at it is work within a rep range, eight to 12, 10 to 15, 20 to 30, whatever the fuck you want the rep range to be. Say for example, you are working through 10 to 15 and this week you get 12 reps at a hundred pounds. Then next week you need to get 13 reps, 14 reps or 15 reps. I'll caveat that by saying, if you're feeling good in the session and you're 15, don't just stop because it's 15. If you can keep going, keep going. If you get 18, if you get 20, then you know you're way off in terms of the weight you're doing. Yep. But then once you hit that upper rep range, then that's whenever you increase the weight. So if you've gone from 100 pounds, then go to 120 pounds or you know whatever it is, 140 pounds or whatever. And then you'll maybe go back down to 10 reps and then you'll go back to, okay, I need 11, I need 12, I need 13, 14, 15, and up like that. One thing again, I will say, and I touched on this, sorry. Sorry for going oh, no, on a run here. I know you do this too. So you need to remember that there are smaller increments than 20 pounds because every time I go up on something, so it's like I sent you the video last week of me doing the rec pulls and it was 528 pounds and the next one was 550. There's so many different weights and plates that yeah. I can use in between that. But me and my fucking ignorance just puts just puts the 10 plates on uh, the 10 pound plates Same on your side. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you could put, you know, you can put, two 2.5 pound plates on either side and progress that way and, and do it in a i guess a smarter manner by doing it that way yeah and and, and full body workouts are fantastic i highly recommend them tough I mean, as well like if you are, if you're not used to doing full body, they are tough yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what i started off with uh, when i first started with the training programs i love mm -hmm. them and um you know and obviously you can progress to four you know or five you know whatever you want to do i mean four four is a good good number three is great to start off with and get going i mean honestly three's plenty uh, for muscle growth and hypertrophy and getting what you need to. So um, the thing about also, whenever you start to go, sorry to interrupt you, the thing about whenever you start to go into more than three times a week is then you have to do two sessions back to back and you have to be a little bit smarter with your programming. So you don't want to do on Monday deadlifts and then on Tuesday do RDLs because you're going to have that sort of fatigue from the day before. So you yep. need to again think, okay, on Monday, it's going to be maybe a full body push workout. And then on Tuesday, it's going to be a full body pull workout so that you're working the opposite way around. So yes, you can do full body four or five times a week, but you just need to be a bit smarter in it. And even if you really break it down, 
that potentially you'll do, you know, a big compound push movement one day, but then your accessory work the next day will be pushed. So for example, you'll do a bench press as your big compound movement on a Monday. And then as your push movement on a Tuesday, you'll just do like triceps or something like that. That's, you know, it's not focused specifically on the chest or something like that. So you just need to be a bit more smarter, a bit more smart with your programming on that front. Yeah, and that gets us into um, breaking out what I personally prefer, which is the push pull legs arms uh, piece. Which is you I know, fucking love push pull legs. You know, uh, it's my favorite. It. It's my favorite. My favorite. I've actually been doing so with Helmy. We do pull push legs. Yeah, so it's, it's the same, but it's just the other yeah. way around. Yeah, I, I love push, push day is my favorite by far. I mean, you're hitting your mm. chest, you're hitting your shoulders. You're hitting I your can triceps. imagine that in it's the just... in the five days that I'm going to be in Ohio, we'll probably try and push four times <laughs> <laughs> just, keep, just keep blasting them but uh you know um push pull legs is is what ben was talking about on the full body side but you're just hitting a um, specific muscle groups it's you know the similar concept to um you hear bison you know or back and buys chest and tries very similar type of concept right where um you know push day or uh, your push day would be um anything you're pushing out so you know uh shoulders are a great exercise you know shoulder presses uh you know bench press um you know, anything that's going to be doing your tricep extensions, you're going to hit your triceps, your shoulders, and your chest primarily on, on push days. For pull days, you're predominantly going to be hitting anything you're going to be pulling. So biceps and back are going to be your two criteria there. Now, obviously, your back is a huge muscle group. Um, so there are a lot of things that you need to do to attack that your upper back, your lower back, you know, your spinal rectors, um, all those different things that kind of come into your back component as, as that. So that's why back and biceps. And I'll usually hit uh, my traps as well as part of that day. So I'll hit, um, you know, back and buys and traps. Um, that's kind of my three areas that I hit for that. And then leg day, obviously being legs where you're, you know, doing RDLs and you know, bench or, um, squats and deadlifts and things to that effect to blow out, um, you know, calf raises to blow out, um, you know, each aspect of everything. So for me, you know, my leg days, um, I'm doing six days. I actually split my legs into two different days. So I do primarily quad focused, quad and calf focused. Um, on one day, and then I do glutes and hammies another day. So, you know, reverse hack squats and, and deadlifts and things like that another day uh, to focus on those so I can get a, a better isolation. I'm probably going to be backing off a bit uh, more towards four or five days a week Not of lifting. probably. You are. You are. I am. I am. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 getting to be too much. But uh, um, but those the push-pull legs. And then uh, Ben and I love arms day, which is just a, a day just dedicated to your weakest muscle groups, which are going to be your arms, right? Uh, in comparison to how much pressure you can put down via your legs, you know, growing your arms and obviously having big arms uh, are things that, that people look for. So um, I have a whole day dedicated just to hitting my arms. So, you know, shoulder presses and bicep curls. And that's when I do my BFRs, my blood flow restrictions. Uh, completely burn them out and do them once a week. Um, so I try to hit that that muscle group, those muscle groups from a bicep, tricep, and shoulder perspective as much as possible. Even forearms, I'll do forearm workouts. Uh, anything I can do just to get the arms as strong as possible for that day. So I do, you know, essentially four days a week would be ideal uh, for that type of workout program where you're doing push, pull, legs, and then um, and then arms. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm I'm a I was always against arm days because I was like, you don't need a full arm day. But the way I sort of look at it now is. And you'll remember this, like generally I would have tagged arms on at the end of a leg day, um, which is fine, but come the end of a leg day, you're absolutely fried overall. So going in and wanting to do arms, you can't give it a hundred percent. So yeah. the way that I would look at that from a programming standpoint, if you're doing four days, I would do push, pull, rest, legs, and then like you said, a weaker body part. So if you're going to do shoulders as your weak body part, or if you're going to do pull, or if you're going to do biceps as whatever your weak body part is to have a day focused on that, or something yep. that I've been doing is push, pull, rest, legs, rest, and then a big compound day for people who just want to get strong in their compound movements that they just go in and they do bench press or deadlift yeah. or whatever. So having the structure of push, pull, legs, and then having that sort of fourth day as a bit of, of freedom. But again, it depends on what you have available equipment-wise, time-wise, where you're at in your, your training career and, and sort of going through these different cycles. And for me, it would be full body, then move to upper and lower, and then move to push, pull, legs. Yep. And last thing to hit on before we close it out, because we're out of time here. Um, but uh, five by fives are also a popular one where, you know, you're doing, um, you know, five sets of five reps and usually typically very heavy. That's, again, more going to be strength focused as you're going and doing those. But you're doing, obviously, 25 reps of something with very heavy, heavy weights. So we'll see five by fives are usually applied 
in a lot of cases for workout programs and things like that too. So just there's a whole bunch of different ways of doing skinning the cat and, and attacking your muscle groups. It's just what you prefer and what you do um, program-wise. You know, full body, especially as you age, are fantastic workouts. I'd highly recommend them. There's a lot of great science behind them too. Keep talking um, about right. as you age. Like, Cut it back a bit. I mean, well, shit. I mean, I'm, I'm still going. I'm still going. I'm doing that. I mean, whatever. You know, I'm gonna. I'm not doing full body, but uh, you know, we, we. I definitely. Um, you know, there's some actually some really good science on full body workouts uh, for folks yeah, that yeah. are you know in their third, uh, late 30s, early 40s, and onward about how longevity and muscle uh, fatigue and, and growth uh, continues to happen at that point. So um, some good stuff there. But all right, well, that was it. Good podcast. Yeah, we could have talked for two yeah. hours on this. Easy. Next week, next podcast, we're going to be in the same room. I know. I'm excited. I'm excited. We're going to figure out how that works. <laughs> are we, are <laughs> yeah, we going to share this microphone? Up. Are we going to share this microphone? <laughs> no, like I have my laptop and I'll be just sitting like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, at We Hack Health, hashtag We Hack Health. If you're not in the Discord, get on it. I'll put the link in the description. Um, and I guess I'll catch you next week. See you next week, everybody. Take care.